Before tonight's episode, I want to let you know about our supporters feed, Get Sleepy Premium, the best way to experience the show and get a good night's sleep. With Get Sleepy Premium, everything is ad-free. You'll receive a bonus episode every week and have full access to our entire back catalogue. Your support really helps and means so much to us. Simply tap the link in the show notes to learn more. Now, a quick word from our sponsors who make it possible for us to bring you two free episodes each week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you ever wished that we'd include soothing nature sounds as a background throughout a Get Sleepy episode? For example, maybe you would like to pair tonight's story with the sound of gentle rainfall. Well, now you can. We have partnered with the Deep Sleep Sounds app to help you create soothing soundscapes that will play in the background while you're listening to Get Sleepy. Here's what you need to do. Simply download the Deep Sleep Sounds app, choose your preferred sound and add it to the mix by tapping in the circle next to it. Make sure you go to the Controls tab within the Deep Sleep Sounds app and toggle the button to Allow Background Audio. This will mean you can listen to Get Sleepy and the app sounds at the same time, and you can control the volume of the specific sounds in the Mix tab. It's the ultimate sleep experience. Through our partnership with Deep Sleep Sounds, you can get a 30-day free trial by going to deepsleepsounds.com slash getsleepy. That's deepsleepsounds.com slash get sleepy. Or just follow the link in the show notes for a 30-day free trial of the Deep Sleep Sounds app. Welcome to Get Sleepy, the podcast where we listen, we relax, and we get sleepy. I'm Thomas, and I'm your host. Happy New Year to all of you, and thank you for joining us tonight. It feels particularly special to have your company here at the start of a new year. I hope you can go forth enjoying good sleep and prioritising your rest this year. I know it can be tempting to stay constantly switched on to our busy lives, and sometimes even overwork ourselves to get more done. But remember that good rest is the number one foundation for everything else that we achieve in our day-to-day lives. If we're well rested, it's easier to find the energy, focus and confidence we need to be at our best. So I hope the team and I here at Get Sleepy can continue to help you throughout 2022. 
we start the year with a sleepy retelling of Hans Christian Andersen's beloved story, The Princess and the Pea. We'll travel to a fairy tale castle where a royal family lives, and there we'll join their very special guest as she goes to sleep on a bed like none you've ever seen. Let's ease into the first full week of the new year with a moment of deep relaxation. Begin with a few slow, controlled breaths, drawing the air in and feeling the rise of your chest and stomach. Then gently letting the air back out as the weight of your body sinks into bed. Breathe in again. Hold for a moment. And exhale slowly. With each breath, try to deepen your focus in the here and now. Notice the areas of contact between your body and the bed. Where does the body sink a little deeper as the mattress supports you? Briefly pay attention to any sounds you can hear without feeling the need to label them. With your eyes closed, just visualize the space around you, the objects you are familiar with, the shape of the room, and the colors of the walls and ceiling. And visualize yourself as you are now laying in bed, relaxed, cozy, and calm. Take one last deep breath, and then smoothly release the air back out. Now that you're relaxed and on your way to a good night's rest, let your mind wander to an oldie-worldie place, a magical city like one out of a fairy tale, because it is here in this fairy tale land where our story begins. To begin with, let's look at the streets and buildings where everyday people live. 
Lots of houses are joined together in long rows, with little yards and gardens behind them. Built with sand-coloured stone and topped with golden roof tiles, they shine like treasure in the daylight. It's a beautiful day, and at the time we see it, in late afternoon, the sun glows warm and bright in a clear blue sky. The light shines on the people below, who wander about the stone paths and cobbled roads. Here, we see townsfolk going about their day, dressed in plain, old-fashioned clothing. There's a friendly-faced woman out walking her dog, and coming towards her from the opposite direction, a group of merry children walks home from school with books in hand. When they cross paths, the children wave and say hello to the woman, pausing to pet her dog's fluffy head before continuing on their way. On a different street, other people are still at work, pushing wooden carts along the road, filled with goods of every kind. One man sells flowers, and his cart is bursting with colour, The smell of those pretty blooms trails behind him everywhere he goes, filling the air with the most wonderfully sweet perfume. It travels with him past the golden houses where parents and children are beginning to return home and into the high street where the town's best shops are clustered together. Soon, he arrives at his own shop, where he pulls up his cart. The few flowers that he still has will go back inside to be sold tomorrow, except for a bouquet of bright red roses that he will take home for his wife. As he packs everything away for the evening, he makes happy chit-chat with the baker next door. She, too, is out at the shop front, readying her horses and cart for her final delivery before heading home. Her last stop of the day is where she'll take her largest order. It's a request from the palace for three boxes of freshly baked bread, pastries, doughnuts, and other delicious sweet treats. Let's join her now, as she sits down upon the open, cushioned bench, behind two magnificent chestnut-brown horses. With her wooden cart, Filled with mouth-watering delights, she pulls gently at the reins and starts on her way. 
the sound of horses' hooves echoes through the streets as she heads out of town, humming a happy tune and waving to the people that she passes. As she travels, the rows of crowded shop fronts fade into the distance, and the land around her becomes green and alive. The countryside surrounding the town is rich and verdant. Aside from the occasional farmhouse or shepherd herding their flock of sheep, there are very few people here. It's wonderfully peaceful, and the air smells fresh and clean. Even more so as the road curves uphill, where a lush forest borders it on both sides. Apart from the clopping of hooves and wheels upon the road, the only sounds come from the trees swaying in the breeze and the gentle twittering of birds returning to their woodland nests. Eventually, the road straightens out, and the forest opens up, revealing the royal palace at the top of the hill. It's exactly what you'd expect from a fairy tale castle. A colossal fortress of white walls and pinkish-gray roofs, with a huge silver gate at its front. At either side of the gate stand two guardsmen, wearing pristine uniforms of silver and purple. They look very official and a little bit serious until they see the familiar face of the baker approaching. Immediately, their expressions change, and they wave to her cheerfully. Then, they open the gate and allow her through. Once inside, the horses follow a neat pathway surrounded by the beautiful royal gardens. There are plants and flowers of every color, and stunning trees reaching up towards the sky. At the front of the castle is a handsome white fountain, with water spraying from the mouth of an elegant marble statue. Behind it, two staircases rise towards each other, meeting in the middle on a balcony where the massive front doors stand open. Bringing the horses to a stop between the fountain and the steps, the baker hops off her seat and greets the kitchen maids who are waiting there. They wear black dresses with frilly white aprons pinned to their fronts, and their hair is hidden beneath lacy white hats. 
As always, they are delighted to see the baker and her boxes of sweet treats. They stroke the noses of the friendly horses before lifting the boxes from the cart. And then they wave goodbye as the baker takes up the reins once more and heads back out through the palace gates. Evening is approaching now. Though the baker and her horses are returning home for the day, the staff of the palace kitchen still have work to do. And so, they carry the boxes of baked goods inside. Then, they help the cook unpack everything and put the final touches on tonight's royal meal. Rolls of fresh golden bread sit upon silver trays beside bowls of hot, creamy soup. This is the first of many courses to be served tonight. Carefully now, the staff exit the kitchen, walking gracefully across a panel of purple carpet into the main hall of the palace. Here, the soup and bread are served to the royal family, who are already seated at a long marble table against a backdrop of huge arched windows. This is where we meet the prince, his mother, the queen, and his father, the king. The queen is resplendent in a gown of ruby red velvet, and the men wear stylish suits of blue and silver. They each wear a crown, decorated in jewels in every color of the rainbow. The baker's golden rolls are a particular favorite of the family. In fact, though it's not really proper table etiquette, all three of them like to dip the buttered crispy bread into their soup. In between mouthfuls, they make pleasant conversation, discussing the events of the day and any pressing matters of the kingdom. Naturally, It isn't long before the topic of marriage comes up. The king and queen ask their son if he's found a suitable bride yet. And, just like always, he tells them that, no, he hasn't. The prince has searched far and wide, traveling all across the land to find a worthy princess but so far, he hasn't succeeded. He's met lots of very nice ladies, to be sure, but none that felt like the right princess for him. Seeing his unhappiness, his mother tells him not to worry, 
the right person will come along, probably when he least expects it. A moment after the queen has spoken, the sound of thunder rumbles outside the castle. Through the massive windows behind the table, the family can see a darkened sky filled with deep silver clouds. The hallway is lit with a sudden flash of white lightning, illuminating the beauty of the grand hall. This is swiftly followed by the sound of heavy rain pouring down over the thick palace walls and upon the ground. It's a welcome sight for the royal family, who are particularly fond of a good storm. And so, there is little conversation as the next few courses are eaten. In the glow of soft golden candlelight, the family savors one delicious bite after another, all the while enjoying the sounds of the wild and chaotic weather. Not far from the table, a huge fire roars to life in the large stone hearth, which is both tall and wide. Golden flames fill the large hall with warmth and light, and the sound of logs crackling amplifies the contrast between the cold, wet outdoors and the blissfully comfortable indoors. By the time dessert arrives, a treacle sponge pudding soaked in hot yellow custard, their spirits are high. By now, the storm is dying down, the thunder and lightning have stopped, and the rain has faded to a gentle pitter-patter. It taps at the palace walls and rooftops, trickling down the hall's great windows in an assortment of shapes and patterns. The king, having finished his pudding, stands beside the window, looking through the rivulets of water. As he does most nights, he is admiring his vast, beautiful city down below. Only tonight, the king's quiet thoughts are interrupted by the approach of a guardsman. He hears damp footsteps move across the thin carpet panel and then the marble floor tiles in his direction. The guardsman explains that a princess has arrived at the palace gates, seeking shelter from the storm. The king beckons him to invite her inside. When she comes in, he offers her his own seat nearest the fireplace, 
and asks that food be brought to her at once. The woman that enters the hall is drenched from head to toe. Her hair is a mess of wet tangles, and raindrops drip from her nose to her cloak. To the royal family, she looks very little like a princess, though all are impressed by her manners as she thanks them repeatedly for their kindness and generosity. They watch her with curious eyes as she dips bread rolls into her soup, just as they did earlier. She only pauses to comment on how tasty the rolls are, and to gush about how beautiful the storm was, though it's clear she would rather have seen it from inside the palace. And then, as she sits drying by the fireplace, she seems to become more lovely and princess-like with each passing minute. The prince is charmed. After all, few of the princesses he's met across the land have seemed as kind and genuine as this one, and none, he thinks, would be so adventurous as to go out walking such a distance in the rain. There's something about this woman that seems different and special. His mother, however, isn't so sure. She is accustomed to meeting princesses at balls and dinners, you see, when they're dressed in their finest gowns. Usually, They have tiaras on their heads, and a gaggle of royal relatives by their sides. But this girl arrived alone, with no tiara or crown on her wet, messy hair, and dripping water all over the palace floors and carpets. Certainly, She has the manners and graciousness of a princess, and her son seems to have taken an instant liking to the young woman. But for all they know, this stranger might be an imposter, an actress simply pretending to be royal. In order to test whether the princess is really who she claims to be, the queen concocts a plan. Before bedtime, when everyone else is sipping hot cocoa with marshmallows around the fireplace, she sets her plan into motion. Following her instructions, The maids collect mattresses and duvets from nineteen of the other guest rooms and bring them to the one where the young woman will be staying. The queen meets them there 
in the very grand room, holding in her hand a single green pea. Watch now as she places the pea in the middle of the mattress, and then steps back as the nineteen other mattresses are placed on top, followed by twenty duvets and several fluffy pillows. What a sight this is, a bed so high it almost touches the ceiling of this grand bedroom. It's so high, in fact, that before her plan is complete, the queen asks for a ladder to be placed beside it. Without one, the young woman won't be able to climb into bed. With everything now in place, the king, queen, and prince all go to their rooms, looking forward to a long and restful sleep. Their visitor is escorted to the beautiful guest room, where her mouth drops open at the sight of the incredible bed. She stands beside it in her silky white pyjamas that she borrowed from the queen and counts up the number of mattresses and duvets that rise above her. Twenty of each in total. What a treat this will be, she whispers to herself dreamily. Then she climbs up the ladder beside the bed and crawls in at the very top snuggling into the warm, cozy blankets and closing her eyes. The next morning, the princess awakens after a night that was anything but restful. As lovely as the bed was, she couldn't seem to get comfortable and woke up at different times throughout the night, feeling as if something hard were pressing into her back. It was not a good night's sleep. However, she's not the kind of woman to dwell on complaints or grumbles, so she climbs down the ladder, ready to greet a new day with a smile on her face. This is made much easier by a lovely, warm bubble bath in a tub the size of a small swimming pool. She floats about in the soapy water, washing away the tiredness with a velvet soft sponge and a range of luxurious soaps. Her hair gets a wash too, with a creamy pink shampoo that smells of delicious strawberries. Then she lays back, singing a lovely song and enjoying the warmth of the water. 
By the time she steps out of the bath and into a fluffy robe, her sleepless night is all but forgotten. Returning to her bedroom, she finds that her outfit from yesterday has been washed, dried, and ironed, and hung up ready to wear on the wardrobe door. She pulls it on one piece at a time, delighting in the softness of the fresh, dry fabric against her skin. It's a lovely dress, reaching just above the floor and sea blue in color, a perfect match for its owner's eyes. The fabric is a rich velvet that's pulled in at the waist where silver-colored silk is tied. It puffs out at the sleeves and a silver thread decorates the edges in a wave-like pattern. Clean and dry in her elegant dress, the princess feels much more like herself. And once a maid has kindly dried and styled her hair, pinning it up with pearl-tipped clips, she looks every bit the princess that she is. In fact, the royal family are quite taken aback when she arrives for breakfast in the main hall, looking so very different from the last time they saw her. She carries the fragrance of soap and strawberries upon her hair and skin. It wafts over the table like a blanket of sweetness, Even the queen is impressed. Of course, she has to be sure that this stranger, as lovely as she might be, is actually a real princess. She has to find out if her experiment worked. So, as the family are tucking into their morning croissants, buttery and golden, as the baker always makes them, the queen begins to inquire as to how the girl slept. The princess wishes to be honest without seeming impolite. She sips on her freshly squeezed orange juice as she thinks of what to say. Your Majesty, she begins, I have never slept in a bed so tall and grand as that one. Just climbing up into it was a wonderful adventure. Then she clears her throat a little nervously and adds, But in all honesty, I did not sleep well. No matter what position I was in, I seemed to be lying on something hard and uncomfortable. I can't begin to think of what was in that bed. 
and with these words, the queen laughs heartily, joined soon after by the king, who already knows of his wife's clever plan. The queen then explains that what the girl felt was a tiny green pea, which proves that she must indeed be a princess. Only a real, royal princess would be so sensitive that she might detect the presence of a solitary pea between twenty mattresses and twenty duvets. At this, the table erupts into laughter, followed by many heartfelt apologies from the queen, forever doubting the princess's sincerity. I suppose it might help if I were to wear my crown, the princess says. But alas, it's so heavy that I only bring it out for special occasions. Around her at the breakfast table, the king, queen, and prince each wear crowns on their heads. And it's true, they're as heavy as they are beautiful. You're so right, my dear, says the king. It really is a heavy thing. I don't know why we wear ours so often. Just habit, I suppose. And with that, the king lifts his hands to his head and takes off his golden, jewel-encrusted crown. He sets it down on the table, grinning from ear to ear, delighted to be free of the extra weight. Seeing his relief, the queen and prince follow suit, taking off their crowns and placing them down on the marble table. This is the first of many breakfasts that the merry foursome will share together. Even without his mother's help, the prince had already decided that this girl was a princess and that she is the one he's meant to marry. He knew it last night, with her hair dripping wet as she dipped bread rolls into her soup and as her eyes lit up as she talked about the storm. Just as his mother had suggested, the right girl had turned up when he least expected it. And this is where our story ends, though it's only the beginning for the young prince and princess. Over the next few months, they will spend a great deal of time together, growing to love each other more with each passing day. Eventually, they will marry in the main hall of the royal palace, 
its floors scattered with red roses provided by the florist we met earlier. Their wedding will be attended by everyone in the city. They'll call it the social event of the year. And to celebrate, it will feature the most spectacular towering wedding cake designed by the baker herself. How people will gasp when they see its twenty tiers of cake and twenty more of icing created in honor of that most unusual bed. As for the famous pea, it remained somehow unsquished despite the many mattresses and duvets that sat upon it. And it will find a new home in the city's royal museum. There, the pea will rest on a pillow of purple velvet for any and all to gaze upon when they visit.